Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the River Blast Podcast. I'm Noah Hiles. Alongside me is Alex Stump. And Alex, we're getting in a little bit of a routine here. It's like the regular season already. Back-to-back weeks? Yeah. And you're, you're coming over again? We're hanging out? We had to block the dog out of the basement Yeah, there's less dog this time. Yeah, we have. And the reason we can't have Macy on the podcast, that is my 12-year-old Border Collie Beagle mix, uh, my best friend. Um, the reason we couldn't have her on is because we had an upgrade on a guest this week. It is Stefan Almejas, uh, the second baseman for the Altoona Curve Pirates prospect. I believe he's number 18 in the organization. Yeah, for the moment. They're going to be updating that in a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he's further up. Yep. Whenever that's done. And, um, you know, being friends with Alex, having a podcast with Alex, it's always nice. You never know when you're going to get a surprise inter- uh, surprise Twitter DM at, like, 8 p.m. on a Wednesday night saying, hey, you want to interview a minor league baseball player t- tomorrow morning? And I'll just be like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we met up and we, you know, we asked him about, uh, Stefan's got definitely a promising career ahead of him and he is being a part of a really cool organization, a uh, really cool um, thing going on in New York, and it's kind of expanding outside of New York. So we talked to him about a lot of stuff. We also got his takes on uh, different players on the Altoona Curve and uh, their new Yenzer um, jerseys and everything else. So uh, I guess we'll dive right into that. Go ahead and enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to the River Blast podcast. I am Alex Stumpf. I'm here with my co-host, Noah Hiles, and we have a special guest today, uh, Pirates prospect, Stefan Alimaeus. Stefan, how are you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? Um, thanks for having me on today. Thanks for being on. How's your off-season going? Off-season's good. It's a little cold out here in New York right now, but um, I'm enjoying it. Stefan, I want to go on a limb and say I think you are the most athletic guest that we have had on our podcast so far. Um, with that being said, you're competing with beat writers and one guy who's like really into gambling. But uh, so I think you know competition is stiff, but I think you edge it out. I appreciate it, guys. All right. So uh, you were generous enough to be on here because you are going to be hosting an event in New York uh, this weekend. Uh, Six four three recruit. Uh, what is that? Uh, well, it's a company um, that me and my dad founded. Um, it's pretty much a way to give back to New York City kids, inner city kids. Um, I grew up in New York playing baseball, and we just and we realized how much talent is in New York. But in New York, is so big on they harp so big on basketball and football that you kind of the baseball players get lost in the shuffle and they get overlooked by by states like Florida, Texas, and California and all these big time states. But um, it's pretty much a way to get kids to go to school give them exposure to play baseball at another level and, and expose how much talent it actually is in New York City. Stefan, um, as someone who grew up playing the game as well and played all the travel ball stuff, um, you kind of find out quickly how expensive the game of baseball can be. Uh, how, how do you, you know, accommodate to certain kids who maybe can't meet those financial needs or how do you address those situations? You know, obviously, growing up in a, in a Hispanic household, you know, we, we weren't very, you know, high class. And we try to target kids that, you know, obviously come from Hispanic backgrounds and um, don't have the means to, to pay for, for these stuff. So, we, you know, we made our website very, very affordable. Um, and it's just really about making a sacrifice. Um, you know, my dad sacrificed early on for me to travel to play ball. 
mm-hmm. and ended up paying off where I got a full scholarship to Tulane University. And I feel like if, if, if parents really understand the process, um, they wouldn't mind investing and, and, you know, spending a little bit of money to get their, their kids, you know, to further their career and, and their education at, at, a, at a higher level. I, there's obviously the financial aspect of it. There's also just being landlocked. There aren't a whole lot of places that you can put a ballpark in a lot of, within city limits for a lot of places. What are some other uh, roadblocks on the way to be recruited? And what would you wish you have known whenever you started uh, trying to get recruited by a college team? Um, first and foremost, we all know that in New York, it's hard to just to train because it's so cold all the time, all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough that my dad opened up a sports facility when I was very young. I think it was, I believe it was in December of 08. Um, and, you know, we're, we're on the verge of, ended up closing that one, but we're on the verge of pretty much opening up another one and try to link, you know, kids to, to encourage them to go over there to work out um, and, you know, to get that exposure. Because, um, obviously, in New York, it's tough to get the workout in, man. It's cold. We don't start baseball until April. In Florida, they start baseball, at you know, in February. So it's just a different game out there. Um, and our goal is really to, to get people to, you know, to see how much talent is in New York. Um, and, you know, there's just you know, and educate the guys. It's not just about baseball and, and having talent because you can have all the talent in the world, but if your GPA doesn't meet the criteria of certain schools, then, you know, all the talent in the world doesn't mean anything. Stefan, um, I, I, you know, there's different ways I think you can go about trying to grow the game in areas that it needs to be grown, but I think a really good recruitment tool is by bringing in, you know, other successful athletes from that area. Talk to me, uh, have you worked with any athletes, you know, from New York, any professional baseball players to help with this project? Um, first and foremost, I grew up, you know, with a lot of guys that ended up getting drafted, but our biggest name, our guest speaker that became a mentor to me um, during this whole process that I was able to get, you know, get in contact with through baseball was Pedro Alvarez. Um, and if many don't know, Pedro Alvarez grew up in Washington Heights, um, went to Horseman, and ended up going to Vanderbilt. So mm-hmm. he turned down, he got drafted out of high school uh, by the Boston Red Sox, turned down about $800,000, um, decided to go to school, and then ended up becoming the second overall pick in, in that draft and getting $6 million. So he's pretty much our our ambassador when it comes to what we're trying to harp on and, and what we're trying to get these kids to do because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the percentages are against us when it comes to baseball. And not everyone's going to make it to the major leagues. But if you can get a college education and, and set yourself up that you can have a good career, that's our ultimate goal. And um, talking to him, he's obviously going to be in attendance on Saturday. Um, he's going to tell a little bit of his story. Um, so it's going to be a really cool event um, just to hear two generations of players, you know, obviously me, in this generation a little bit more with the social media and then him, you know, 10 years ago. So um, it's going to be really dope. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, having him there and having him share his story. Um, because if when you look at the perfect, you know, picture, he's kind of like the perfect guy we, we, we you know, we wanted to, to target. And this event is going to be happening in New York. But if you are from, say, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, there are resources that you can get from the website that can help you in this process, correct? Correct. So, yeah, if you're from anywhere, uh, first of all, this event is going to be live streamed. Um, it's going to be on, on, on all our social medias uh, at 643 Recruit. Uh, but it, our, our goal is to really 
you know, we're more of a boutique-ish company, but our goal is to eventually expand. Um, and, and you know, obviously, but we first have to, to crawl before we can walk and before we can run. So um, we're, we're going to start with the New York area. But if anyone from, you know, the Pittsburgh area wants to tune in or it's going to be live stream, and if anyone wants information, everything is on the website. It's very informative, step-by-step, um, step, and all the steps you need to take in the process. All right, so that was some really good information. Uh, I, I, you know, as baseball fans, we both can really appreciate what you're doing to, you know, help grow the game in different areas and uh, provide opportunities for kids who might not have them had, you know, you or someone else not step in. So uh, let's now, let's transition to um, your minor league career. Uh, you're ranked inside the top 30 prospects within the Pirates organization, um, but probably the most relevant news topic I think involving you right now is your move to second base. You're a shortstop, if I'm not mistaken, for a while, and now you move to second base uh, with Cole Tucker also playing uh, shortstop in uh, Altoona. Talk to me about that transition moving to the other side of the infield. Um, yeah, I pretty much played shortstop my whole career, um, and we I met up with obviously with our infield coordinator in spring training, and I started working a little bit at second base and. I kind of joked around. I was like, "Hey, man, you know what's the, what's the move? You know, because I wanted to be the next Derek Jeter growing up in New York in the Bronx." Yeah, who doesn't? You know, <laughs> I wanted to be the next Derek Jeter in Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> I never pictured myself moving from shortstop, and he kind of told me, "He was like, hey, man, you you want to make it to the big leagues and play second, or do you want to play AAA and stay at short?" And I was like, "Hey, I'll I'll give I'll make it to the big leagues if I have to give water. You know, whatever it takes, mm-hmm. I'll go to left field." Um, so we kind of joked around about it. Um, just getting accustomed to playing on the other side of the other diamond, you know, you're, you're so used to my whole career was just playing on with one view. Um, but I think it really uh, made my game a little better because now I'm understanding of where everyone needs to be at a certain time. And um, and, I, and I'm able to play against, you know, better competition, obviously moving up. Um, but I'm, I'm able to understand the game from a different position. And when you can understand the game from all different positions, I think your IQ in baseball goes up. Oh, you got to be careful whenever you're talking about moving the left field. We all know Huntington loves to have his middle infielders play pretty much every position <laughs> at some point. Yeah, yeah. That and uh, when, when you moved to second base, did you consider changing the name of your organization to uh, 463 instead now? <laughs> no, no, not at all because I still, I still feel like I can play shortstop. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I grew up, obviously, like I said, I grew up playing shortstop my whole life and um, – and it's just, it was the, you know, I thought it was the perfect name. Oh, we were trying to give something catchy, me and my father, and what better way than, you know, 643, you know? That's pretty something good. <laughs> uh, this last year was your first year in Double A. Spent the whole year there. Uh, you seemed to get better as the year went on. Uh, was that just feeling more comfortable with it? Was it something mechanically, or what do you uh, chalk up last year to? I think making an adjustment. Um, last year was my first full year without any injuries um, without taking any time off. Um, I was able to play 130-something games. Um, and just making the adjustment at first, at going into AA, I didn't know, you know, they called me spring training and said, hey, are you ready for AA? And I was, I was like, yeah, you know, let's do it. Um, obviously, it was very cold at the beginning of the year, um, playing in snowing conditions. And just making the adjustment, um, starting to see how people, uh, guys started pitching me, um, became a, pretty much a, a little chess game between pitchers and I. And just... Uh, as the year went on, I just got an idea more of how Double A was, the talent there, and, and just pretty much a game plan on on who I was as a player. Me not trying to do too much and just staying sticking to my strengths. Uh, Altoona seems 
to have been a great spot for a lot of the Pirates' top prospects the last couple years. Uh, Hayes, Tucker, Newman, Martin, Reynolds. Everyone seems to be having, you obviously, you seem to be having very good years here. Uh, with Mike Ryan's staff, he's coming back next year. What is working there? That It seems like it's been a great environment ever since he took over in Altoona. Yeah, it's just a, it's, he as a coach is he's phenomenal, man. Um, he's a very he's a players coach. He's he's young at the same time. He, he's not too long ago he stopped playing, so I think he's just very approachable. Um, and you know a lot of guys understand where he comes from. At the, he's a very tough coach. He expects a lot from us. Um, and I think he just holds us accountable and 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 we hold each other accountable in that locker room. And you know last year was uh, I think it was like he had fifteen maybe fifteen of our top thirty prospects on one team and. You know, that's a team that, that was very stacked. So a lot of a lot of the, the stuff that had to be said, we, we would do it with each other and, and being accountable with each other. But Mike Ryan and that staff, um, he's just a very approachable guy. You know, if, I've, if I ever had any problem about anything I saw wrong, anything I wanted to learn about the game, he was very easy to talk to. And at the same time, he was very relatable to these young guys because it's not too long ago he stopped playing. But he had major league experience. So we felt confident in him to, you know, if we ever needed any help, we can ask for questions, and, and he'll, he'll give us answers. You talked about how the Altoona Curve had so many of the organization's top prospects uh, this past season. Um, two guys that were your teammates this past year, um, for at least a majority of the year, were uh, Mitch Keller and Cabrian Hayes. That's the top two guys in the Pirate system. They're both starting to get some national attention. Um, as a teammate, you know, which guy were you more impressed with watching them get to play? Well, I got, I got to, I actually live with Key Brian Hayes, so I got to spend more time with him. Oh, so you're biased? Yeah, I'm a little biased. I got to live with him, but also Mitch Keller ended up leaving halfway through the year. But yeah. Both of those guys, man, are incredible. Uh, um, obviously, uh, Key Brian spent the whole year with Double A, and I, I got to play him a little more. But the talent in both of those guys is through the through the roof. Their work ethic, and it kind of motivates us other guys that you know, like. We see stuff like that, and we're like, you know, it motivates us to be better. Um, Mitch Keller, obviously, is, is our top guy, and his stuff is, you know, it's fun. It's fun to play behind him because you don't do too much work because not a lot of people touch him, and, and it's fun when you get a guy that occasionally gets on second base and, and you hear them talking about him, and they're like, oh, man, this guy's nasty. Like, people don't look forward to, to, to facing him in, in, a, in a series, and, and that's always fun to hear guys' comments and, and go back to him and kind of boost his confidence and, like, you know, let him know what was being said. Mm-hmm. Urgent to keep going out there, and then Pete Byron, man, he's just that guy is amazing. He's, I think he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's just so consistent day in and day out. The same person doesn't talk much, um, but very, very funny if you get to know him. You know, he's very, he's a very introvert person. He's very quiet, but that guy just puts his hard hat and goes to work every day. And that's that's what you, everyone loves about Pete Bryan is that you get the same guy every day, and, and that's what you want from a major league guy. You talked about guys getting to second base uh, when they're facing Mitch. Uh, it's really cool how you have such a good memory because I can't imagine that happened more than like three or four times the whole year. Exactly. So. It uh, happened That's why I remember it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap things up now. we got some rapid-fire questions for you. I just want some quick answers. We're going to try to rattle off as many as possible. You ready? Gotcha. All right. First things first. All we hear about is how great of a guy Cole Tucker is. Um, we want to give you 30 seconds to bash him. All right? Say whatever, anything bad you can about him because <laughs> this guy can't be as nice as everyone says he is, right? so hard. He's like, we call him the mayor for a reason. <laughs> Literally, everyone loves him. Like, 
loves him. I don't even know what to say. Uh, I'll say he beat, uh, he's, he's pretty bad at cards. Oh, um, okay. Um, he's not good at cards. I beat him all the time. Um, his sneaker game needs to get up there. I've been trying to get him <laughs> well, shoe game. you're from um, New York, so you have an advantage in that. I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah. Uh, I try to I try to get him to dress a little bit more. Uh, not so much khakis and collar shirts all the time. <laughs> um, I don't. Oh, his hair is terrible. Okay. <laughs> his hair is terrible. He needs to cut his. Hair. I thought that's where we were gonna start. I, honestly. Yeah, I thought that would be. <laughs> I, can't I, I, wait, I can't wait for him to hear this. <laughs> his hair is terrible. He needs to cut his hair. All right. Good. Uh, what is the best meal you have had as a minor leaguer as a pirate, and what is the worst? I, I think the best meal is probably when, when these rehab guys come down, you know, we had Cervelli and they ordered us steak and, you know, stuff like that. That's probably always the best time. We look forward to, when we hear, hear Big Leaguer coming down for rehab, we're like, oh, great. We have three meals, three days of just straight steak or something. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and Cervelli, you know, Cervelli gets hit by a foul ball off the wrist, you know, every other month. So you got to look forward to that as like an annual thing almost, right? Yeah, and then Josh Harrison came down for a while too, and, and he was he was a very, he's actually a very cool dude to hang out with. Yeah. Um, um, and just you know, just knowing that like you know, a lot of times we look up to these guys, and and to know that they're the you know they're regular people like we are, it's just it's a cool experience to like be able to spend time with them. Um, but the worst probably I don't know, a PB and J. That's you know that's what they call it, the minor league steaks. Mm. Peanut butter and jelly. Um, but we've been to some clubhouses that were like, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but it's, you know, the food is not too good there. All right. Uh, so the Altoona Curve made news recently um, with their decision to switch their uniforms and their team name on the weekends. I'm sure you've heard this already. You guys are going to be playing as the Altoona Yinzers in the weekends, uh, and you have those new jerseys. Have you seen this? I'm guessing. I did. I saw it on Twitter. I saw they were going with the black and yellow look. They didn't tell you about it, like, beforehand or no? Warn you? No, no, they don't tell us about it. We don't really know <laughs> much about that. We just we, we get all that information on Twitter as everyone else does. So, I guess this is a two-part question. One, give me your thoughts on playing in a jersey that says Yenzers. Do you know what a Yenzer is? And two, um, hopefully one day you will be, you know, ideally you'll be playing in Pittsburgh, playing professional baseball in Pittsburgh. Because you're soon to be a Pittsburgher, give me one fun fact that you've learned about Pittsburgh. Um, well, the Yenzer's jersey, I, I, personally, I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think it's a cool concept of getting some black and yellow. I was actually having this conversation with some of uh, my other pro ball friends, and they were saying how we should try to keep the same minor league affiliate colors as the major league affiliate. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be ideal. Um, so I have no idea, but I think it's a, it's a, you know, it'll be cool. Just means I gotta buy an extra pair of cleats that's yellow now. And um, about Pittsburgh, what I've learned about Pittsburgh, um, I heard Pittsburgh is very, uh, it's very muggy a lot. It rains a lot. It's almost like Florida, and it's very cold. When I talked to Gregory Polanco and all, and <laughs> they say that it's probably the place where they get the most rain delays ever <laughs> in any major league park. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> um, so we'll explain what Yenzer means. So. In the South, when they when they say the word like the words "you all," they'll they'll you know combine it into "y'all," right? Y'all, yeah. So y'all. in Pittsburgh, instead of "y'all," we say "yins." Well, Alex and I don't because you know we're Most not people do, but a lot of people here we say "yins." So okay. a yinzer is a stereotypical Pittsburgher. Okay, so if I'm in Pittsburgh and I hear that, 
Diehard. Yeah, they're Yinzers. So if they say, yeah. yeah, Yin's going downtown, Yin's going to see the Pirates, that's that's topical lingo right there. That's the first time I ever heard of that. Yeah, it won't be the last. Don't you worry. I mean, you go you go anywhere on the south side, you'll hear that word more than you hear words like the. I'm going to test Cole on it. I'm going to see if Cole knows about it. Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm going to ask him about it. He, he knows everything. You're going to have to snitch on him if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You, if you, you can come on and roast him again if uh, <laughs> if he doesn't know. If he doesn't know, I'm gonna know. I'm gonna tell me the first. Uh, congrats, it's something you don't know. All right, we'll have to get Cole on here and let him come at you. You know, we're taking See, shots. I'm, I'm thinking the other way that we gotta get everyone who plays with Cole oh, Tucker geez, on here. Just on. To He's gonna, I don't have anything against Cole though. I mean, I want to get him on here. All right, yeah. go ahead, Alex. It's gonna be hard to get negative things about Cole Tucker. That guy, you know, <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of things about his hair though, for sure. 100%. Oh yeah, mm, man. Uh, who is the funniest teammate you've ever had? Any level. Funniest teammate I've ever had. Um, there was a kid uh, named Braylon Jackson this year that was. Uh, he came over on a trade. Well, he wasn't on a trade. He was played with the Rays. Got released in the ball. He's he's actually pretty funny. Um, there's there's a lot of clowns actually. On that Altoona team, there was a lot of. You know, who's really funny, but like like I said, he has to feel comfortable with you. Is Keith Bryant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keith Bryant is just so quiet. You know. He's at, but I lived with a kid, so I got to you know see all his all his funny moments. Um, Jason Martin is pretty funny too. He's also very he's a very introvert person, so he's very quiet, but he's also very funny. All right, last rapid fire question. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of long bus rides, and uh, you know you grew up as a baseball fan. Give me your Mount Rushmore of baseball movies, top four. Oh, that's so tough. Um. I think Sandlot beats, you know, his top one. That's yeah, that's the goat in my opinion too. That's that, I think that's the goat. Um, the rookie, I think, is up there. Mister Three Thousand, I think, is really. I, that's I, a I, very I, underrated, underrated one. Underrated, very underrated. Mister Three Thousand is very underrated. The the sausage in Mister Three Thousand might be the funniest side character in any baseball movie ever. I, I agree. Um. Oh man, I'm trying to think. It's between. I actually saw. It, I saw it not too long ago. I forgot the the, the Cape Cod one. I'm talking about. With oh, Kabil. yeah. Was that some or like? Uh, what is that? It's like the love. It's like a. Oh man. I I know what you're talking about. It's not Fever it's Pitch. It's, no, no. That's the perfect the game. Fever Pitch. I think I like Fever Pitch too. Oh, okay. That's, I'm not a Boston fan though, so it kind of it's kind of hypocritical. My I, that's where my mind went to. It's like you wanted to be Derek Jeter. Yeah. You know, up and here's the Boston Red Sox love story. Yeah, so I mean, but it's I, I like I like movies that you know. You ever seen Thirty for Thirty, the Four Days in October? Oh yeah, yes. That's one of the. That's you know, that's pretty impressive, man. You kinda, yeah. I'm not a Boston fan, but you kind of like okay. I have a question for you guys. Okay. So we know that Mo was a unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. In the in the Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, my question, I was having this argument with my dad yesterday. Is do you think Derek Jeter would be the next guy? Absolutely. It's going to be darn close if he isn't. Yeah, I mean, here's the my thing. Dad, my dad doesn't think so. He said it's going to be close, but my dad said there's a lot of people who hated Jeter. I was like, how can you hate Jeter? No, see, there's a lot of people that hated Derek Jeter, but they're not in the media. And I think that's what people fail to uh, recognize is, like, guys who guys who vote on in, for the MLB Hall of Fame, they're some of the pettiest people 
I mean, especially back in the day, like the fact that 11 people didn't vote for Babe Ruth or that Ken Griffey Jr. wasn't a unanimous decision, like that's ridiculous. But a guy like Derek Jeter, who obviously has like one of the best statistical careers that any shortstops ever had, but he also wasn't really controversial with the media. He gave the cookie cutter, like the good generic answers that were good quotes um, You're talking about living in the biggest city in the world and never getting in trouble. Exactly. Like, he was, he, that's, that's the ideal guy. And Mariano Rivera is the same way. Like, if you have a good relationship with the media, you're gonna get more votes than a guy like, I mean, Bonds and Clemens, they, they lose votes for other reasons as well, but something that doesn't help them is the fact that they didn't have good relationships with the media. And I don't want to make the media seem like they're, you know, they must be respected or whatever. I'm, like, not one of those guys. Um, but I do think that, like, that does hurt your voting. That does hurt your odds of getting a perfect score in this sense. So I think, yeah, Jeter has a very good shot of being one of those guys, probably the next one, to be perfect. And I think that overall, the fact that Mariano Rivera got the perfect ballot, it shows that, A, people are turning around and maybe, like, taking this a little less serious and just saying, like, let's just vote in the people that we think deserve it and B we're starting to get rid of the guys who do take this like the wrong way and kind of ruin it for everyone. Yeah. yeah I, agree. I, I mean, I agree with you guys. I, thought, I, I believe there's going to be another unanimous decision. I, I hope so. I just see whenever Griffey gets 98%. I mean, Mo is the best at his position. There's absolutely no question about it, which is why I think he might've gotten that last, however many votes Three it was. Three votes or something. Yeah. yeah. Something that insignificant. <laughs> All right, Stefan, uh, where can we find you on social media? Where can we find your website? Uh, well, on, on Instagram, it's 643recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, the website is 643.com. And um, I will be, we're, po- we're posting up a, the last post today, just announcing, you know, Saturday's event. Um, and just, you know, getting exposure is going to be a good event looking forward you know we have we've reached capacity i'm hosting it at my old high school so thanks so hollows high school for allowing me to do that um and hopefully you know it's something that that we can help kids moving forward all right my man um any final thoughts alex done thank you so much for being on the show it was great you guys thanks for having me Alex, uh, you put the interview together. Let me get your thoughts on it now that it's over with. Uh, Stefan was great. I'm really glad he was on the show. Great interview. I need to get more double-A players or just anyone who's a teammate with Cole Tucker to <laughs> bash the poor guy. <laughs> I, again, like I feel like we need to lay off Cole Tucker. He's never going to come oh, on. Okay, if Cole really does take offense to us. I mean, we don't even know the guy. and we're sitting I, I've here. talked to him a t- couple guys. There's a reason why everyone says he's a sweetheart. Okay, well, Cole, if you're listening, uh, I don't hate you. Like Alex does, so if you come on, I I I can interview you personally. I'll I'll just juju. And that goes to that goes to that goes to Kebrian Hayes. That goes to anyone listening. Really, uh, Alex is the bad cop. I'm the good cop. I'm not a cop at all. He's yeah. He's they wouldn't even get that reference. <laughs> anyway, uh, Alex, I guess any final thoughts? I know we gave final thoughts on the interview. Final thoughts on anything pirates related uh, since we've last spoke. No, we got to save it for our next podcast my, for the most part. Well, my final thoughts are it's going to be real fun in a couple years to watch 
Manny Machado and Stefan Almeida turning those six turning four those threes. six four threes in a couple of seasons from now when uh, Stefan's up here and Manny's already brought a couple World Series titles back down to the North Shore. That'll be pretty cool. That would be fun. That would be pretty uh, fun. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Noah underscore Hiles ninety five at Alex J Stumpf and follow us on Twitter as a podcast at River Blast Radio. For Alex, I'm Noah Hiles, signing off saying, as we always do to end the show, let's go Bucks.